before we begin this morning that uh, I want to read just a portion of a scripture that we had in our class. Whatsoever ye shall ask in faith, being united in prayer, according to my command, you shall receive. Brenda Seaton is in the hospital, and she's on a ventilator, and it's been asked that we have a special prayers for her, and so I'm just asking that we all be united in prayer silently as Roger stands and offers a prayer for her. Thank you, Roger. <laughs> Just missed one week. Come back and just see what you've missed. 
when you're not in the presence of the Lord or around those that believe on our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you're missing something in your life. And I'm so thankful that we have this opportunity today to gather here in His name. And I'm going to start by reading a scripture out of John chapter 17, verses 1 through 3. And afterwards, we'll stand and we'll sing Hymn 151, and I'll bring an invocation. These words spake Jesus, and lifted up his eyes to heaven, and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Let's turn to him 151. Our Heavenly Father, in the name of our risen Savior Jesus Christ, 
We invite the presence of the Holy Spirit to abide with us today. And Father, we're thankful that they have the opportunity to come here to learn of your ways and to worship you. And I pray today, Father, for Kenny as he brings us the spoken word, that you will bless him, shore him up, and loose his tongue, that he can deliver the words to us, to our understanding, and to edify you, Father, and glorify your name. And this I pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. supposed to have a sermon ready in case something happens and you're called on. Well, Bud took that to an extreme today because he walked in thinking he was scheduled today. So if I give you the signal, Bud, you need to come up and finish. <clears throat> I want to start with um, reading Mark 9. 33 through 35. And he came to Capernaum, and being in the house, he asked them, What was it that you disputed among yourselves by the way? But they held their peace. For by the way they had disputed among themselves who should be the greatest. And he sat down and called the twelve, and saith unto them, if any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all, and servant of all. Years ago when I coached a, uh, a little league team, the very first practice, I asked uh, the players, I said, okay, it's time for batting practice. Who wants to go first? Every hand shot up except one. So I said, you're first. If you demand to go first before your teammates, then you go last. <clears throat> so I had that, that one player to bat first. The next practice, it's time for batting practice, who wants to go first? Not a single hand went up. So they learned a lesson, but we need to learn that lesson from Jesus too. The example he set was he didn't put himself first. He put others first. What would you consider to be a great person? Now if you ask somebody we would say Jesus of course. If you go by the world standards you might think, oh, gosh, LeBron James is an awfully good basketball player. Mickey Mantle was a great baseball player. Babe Ruth, Bjorn Borg, tennis. You can think of great athletes. What about uh, people successful in business? Elon Musk. Would you say he's great? 
what would you say about a political leader, maybe a, a world leader? The world has their own standards or its own standards of greatness. But what does what did Jesus teach us when he was here about greatness? It's not having a great following on Facebook, not someone with a huge intellect. It's not someone that has risen to power, political power. <clears throat> so what in the eyes of our Lord constitutes greatness? Is it fame? The Kardashians ought to be great. If you go by fame, you can think of a lot of famous people, but are they great? Greatness isn't de defined by worldly possessions. There are some people that have so much, so many possessions, so much money, such huge houses. <clears throat> but is that truly great? The truly great person might have very little, but what little they have, they're willing to share with others. Greatness is being loving, kind, and gentle towards our fellow man, and always looking for opportunities to be of service. So what is greatness? It's achieved through service. <clears throat> in the scripture I just read about uh, Jesus asking what were you what were you talking about what were you arguing about well they knew that they had argued about something that was not right to think about who is the greatest among them <clears throat> and they were ashamed of what they what they argued about and to even have the thought. But Jesus knew the desire of their heart. And he told them, If any man desires to be first, the same shall be last of all and servant of all. Why had, why had they even argued about it? Pride. Pride had entered their heart. And they realized it. And that's why they didn't answer Jesus. In Alma 16, 103, it says, Behold, O God, they cry unto thee, and yet their hearts are swallowed up in their pride. <clears throat> Behold, O God, they cry unto thee with their mouths, while they are puffed up, even to greatness, with the vain things of the world. They wanted to use the world as a, a standard for greatness at that time in their conversation, but they quickly learned they were thinking wrong. Now the world <clears throat> buys into that thinking too, dealing with greatness. People are competing against each other to have the finest houses, cars, clothing, wealth, careers. 
and even churches, I think, have gotten into that thinking. Who has the, the most lavish sanctuary? The biggest churches. But none of that matters. You can have 10 people in the congregation or 10,000 people. You can meet under a tent or under a tree or in a huge building. And none of that matters if you're not preaching and teaching the truth. <clears throat> if we're to be one in Christ, working together for the same purpose, and that purpose is not about us, it's about him, serving him by serving our fellow man. And if we're truly seeking greatness, then we better learn to be good servants. Because Jesus was a servant to the world and those that he came in contact with when he was here on this earth. The world is con confused. Who is the greatest? Because they don't realize the servant is greater than the one being served. The world says if they're being served and they have people, then they're more important. They must be great. But the Lord says the one that's doing the serving is the greatest. And our flesh may desire to be served, but we should not walk after should not walk after the flesh, but after the spirit. And if we walk after the spirit and desire to be servants, then we will become great in the eyes of, of our Heavenly Father. And I don't mean great in a prideful way, but being in humble service to Him. <clears throat> if we were to take a, a survey among all people in, in the United States, who is the greatest? I think the vast majority would say Jesus. But why is he the greatest? Well, he told us in words how to become humble servants of our Heavenly Father. But he didn't stop there. He demonstrated it. And that's what we're called to do, not only to know it and say it, but to live it. <clears throat> When he was here on earth, was he served by man or did he serve his fellow man? Did he care for the needs of the multitude or did he ask the, that the multitude serve him? <clears throat> did he put his needs first? Or did he put others' needs first? When the multitude was hungry, did he feed them? Or required that he ate first? He took every opportunity that we know of to be a servant in feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, healing the sick, preaching the gospel to the poor 
or did he seek to require them to bless him? Luke 22. I am among you as he who serveth. That was his whole purpose in laying down his life for our benefit. He was the ultimate servant. He taught us that our mission in this life is to serve others. But the world standards is completely different because they deal mainly in material standards. He showed us that greatness is not through one's accomplishments. That's according to the world. Obtaining wealth or riches or being successful in business or worried about our status in the world. That's the complete opposite of what Jesus taught. Now recently on uh, internet I have seen several videos of preachers, false preachers on the internet uh, and it takes several of them show excerpts of their sermon and their message to the, their congregation and they're just evil Jesus came to minister to us not to be ministered to and one of the one of the preachers said he regularly meets with Jesus in his office and he said one day he walked in and he noticed Jesus was a little off so he said Jesus did somebody make you mad today hurt your feelings he said yes so he said I ministered to Jesus We need to be aware of the false teachings out there so we can help correct those teachings and stand for the true word of God. And we've all heard false preachers on on TV saying you need to give your money. You need to give it because when Jesus was here, he was not poor. He doesn't want us to be poor. He wants us to have the best. And that's why I drive a Rolls Royce, and it should not bother you. One said, well, to get where I need to go to spread the gospel, I not only need one jet, I need two jets. So it shouldn't bother you that I spent $13 million on that second jet. They're serving themselves They're not serving their fellow man. Now, on one occasion, after a Passover meal, Jesus rose, wrapped a towel around him, and started washing the disciples' feet. That must have been a total shock to them because the custom was for the servant of the house to wash the guest feet before they sat down to a meal. 
but never the owner of the house if he had a servant. It was the servant's job. So Jesus turned that on its head when he washed their feet. They couldn't understand it. Here was the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, washing their feet. And after he had washed their feet, he must have, he obviously understood their shock and surprise because he said to them, You call me Master and Lord, and you say, Well, you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have as I have done to you. Now his words are powerful and his example was powerful. He was washing their feet. He was their servant. <clears throat> and if he can do the work of a servant, surely you can. Jesus could have required them or even demanded that they wash his feet but he was demonstrating that greatness was not in what you have or who you are, but rather your ability and willingness to serve. Now I want to read a little bit out of Mosiah chapter 2, starting at 19. And I want you to hear what this says about how we should live. It puts us in our place. One, one line really puts us in our place. How to raise your children. And it ends up talking about service. Or if ye had known of his goodness and have tasted of his love and have received a remission of your sins, which causes such exceeding great joy in your soul. Even so, I would that you should remember and always retain in remembrance the greatness of your God and your own nothingness and his goodness and long-suffering towards you unworthy creatures. Well, that puts us in our place, doesn't it? And humble yourselves even in the depths of humility, calling on the name of the Lord daily and standing steadfastly in the faith of that which is to come which was spoken by the mouth of the angel. And behold, I say unto you, that if you do this, you shall always rejoice and be filled with the love of God and always retain a remission of your sins. And you shall grow in the knowledge of the glory of him that created you or in the knowledge of that which is just and true. And you will not have a mind to injure one another, but to live peaceably and to render to every man according to that which is his due. And you will not suffer your little children that they go hungry or naked. Neither will you suffer that they transgress the laws of God and fight and quarrel one with another and serve the devil who is the master of sin or who is the evil spirit which has been spoken of by our fathers. 
he being an enemy to all righteousness. But ye will teach them to walk in the ways of truth and soberness. Ye will teach them to love one another and to serve one another. Now the mother of Zebedee's children was with Jesus and he said, what wilt thou? And she said, well, my two sons, when you're in, the, in your kingdom, I want one on your left and one on your right. And he said, it doesn't work that way. The Heavenly Father would decide who goes where. But he ends up by saying, after uh, several scriptures, he ends up saying, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. He gave the ultimate sacrifice. He bought us with a price. Serving one another is the foundation of greatness. To place other people's needs before our own is having the heart of Christ. For the heart of Christ is full of mercy and compassion and love. All who profess to be his should be like him, to be as Jesus, to have the same qualities. If any man desires to be great, we should look towards Jesus as the example. He taught the best lessons, gave the best example of how to be a servant. And throughout the scriptures, we see examples of Jesus becoming a servant, a servant. He didn't demand that when the crowds pressed in around him, he didn't ever have pride in his popularity because he was there to serve not to be served. He sought out those who needed service. He didn't seek the praise of men. He didn't associate with people that would bring him higher status just by being associated with them. He ate with sinners. He ate with common people. He compassionately fed the hungry, was comforting to the brokenhearted, brought good news to the poor, was a friend to the friendless. He was loyal, loving, giving, tenderhearted, and merciful. He was the best example of greatness. And Mosiah understood the importance of service it's recorded in Messiah chapter 1, 48 and 49. Behold, I say unto you that because I say unto you that I have spent my days in your service, I do not desire to boast. For I've only been in the service of God. And behold, I tell you these things that you may learn wisdom, that you may learn that when you are in the service of your fellow beings, 
You are only in the service of your God. Now, this is a lesson we can all learn from Jesus. <clears throat> we need to serve our fellow man the way Jesus did, with love, mercy, and compassion. When we see someone in need, if we drive on or if we walk on or turn our backs on them, we'll pay the price for that because we've been given an opportunity to be of service and we didn't take it. Do we desire to be great in the sight of man or of God? And we're truly in his service when we seek those things that he would have us to do. To ask him daily, what would you have me do today? Don't let me pass someone that needs help, that needs your help through me. It's important that we have the ability. He will give us the ability to do whatever he calls us to do. But are we willing to do it? If we truly are in his service, we need to focus not on, on our own needs, but on the needs of others and place those needs above our own wants and desires. We must be willing to follow the example Jesus set for us. There's great power and blessings in serving and great joy that we can have by serving others. So let's begin every day with the desire, Jesus, I want to live like you did. I want to serve you and your and our Heavenly Father doing the best we can and be open to the gift of the Holy Spirit that will lead us into ways we can be of service. He'll give us the, the strength, the physical strength. He'll give us the words to say if we'll just be obedient to his word and have the desire to serve him. Thank you, Kenny. Brought a lot of good things to us today that we need to, to learn and to understand. We're going to close by the saint of him. 338 and at the end of this song Parker would you stand and bring our benediction